So welcome to the show. My name is Muhammad Kalaji. I'm an AWS community builder and software developer in Zero and One. Today I'm with Virginia. Virginia, would you like to introduce yourself? Uh, yeah. Hi, Mohammed. It's uh, very nice meeting you, and I'm very happy for your invitation to your Reconfigure podcast. Um, I'm I'm just uh, happy also to have the opportunity to share my my experience and my knowledge uh, <laughs> with whatever I can help in any area during the session. So we're going to start with about your position as a career mentor at the University of Westminster in London. Being a career mentor at an academic institution, based on what I know, is that you provide voluntary career advice to students by helping them set goals, fix problems, and make good choices towards their career. Do career mentors at academic institutions get offered as a job similar to a teacher, or it's like a contractor job that a university wishes to have to deal with experts to help the students accelerate furthermore? Uh, well, actually, yeah, as you say, I help uh, students and graduates to structure better their their goals, but also their skills. And uh, so we work in these uh, sessions, step-by-step uh, -step sessions, basically, uh, trying to organize everything. Sometimes they have so many things that they want to do. And um, also the idea is to get them started with something real, right, that they can actually put in action out there. In the case of uh, offering the possibility of being uh, teachers, no, it hasn't happened to me yet. I understand this uh, program. It's called the Future Ready uh, Program of the Westminster University. It's, uh, it's only at a level of mentoring level. So mentors come from all companies and enterprises, and we just help the students. But I don't know of anyone who's actually you know, like working there as a teacher. So in my case, it's great this way because I also mentor um, startups or new entrepreneurs that are looking to launch startups um, in this uh, UK platform, uh, Founders and Mentors. And uh, so this gives me the chance to work with, you know, people from all over the world, but also at all stages of their career lives, either they're getting started or they already have their you know, their career, but they're looking for a career change or to have like a side job or side project. So, so yeah, I mean, I really like to teach, but mentoring is, has been a very, very, very nice experience so far. So I would, let's say, for example, if I'm a student at Westminster University, I would go, I would ask for like career advice. I would be contacted with you as an example. And I would start mm -hmm. asking questions yeah, it's, saying it's internal. So it's to internal. So you would give advice have... on. I'm so sorry. I would no, no, no problem. So I would ask, let's say, for an example, um, if I want to accelerate in my career, what should I do? Or this is my current situation. I want to achieve this. This is the kind of questions I would start asking you about. Yeah, actually, they do this like um, matching service. The, the, the department that, that um, handles this project, this program, uh, they, the students reach out to them with their challenges or at some point what they really need help with. So among, I mean, we are like thousands of mentors worldwide. So they make these matching 
um, process uh, because, of course, usually they match me with students in marketing, right? Or that they are majoring or doing an MBA in, in, in marketing, in digital marketing. So they try to match as best as possible the, the students with the perfect mentor that could really help them out with their with their yeah challenge or getting started or questions answering questions at some point yeah i'm um, gonna move to another question which is you are the founder of a company called briffin if I, did i pronounce it right briffin yeah <laughs> uh, briffin briffin consulting which you've been operating it for seven years and to this day what I've seen of Briffin offers branding, digital marketing, and much more to corporate businesses, which is like B2B businesses. Uh, would you like to talk more about Briffin and the expectations and adventures of working in the B2B world? Yes, uh, I started off like an, uh, as an in-house in an engineering firm back in 2012. So this was like my, my launch in the <laughs> digital marketing industrial. Uh, market. Um, I started off in 2015 when I left the company that I was working with. And uh, although my idea when I opened the agency was like being very open to working with different profiles, uh, and this is what I did in the beginning, uh, I don't know, I, in the bottom of my head and my heart, I was thinking I wanted to specialize in something because there are so many digital marketing agencies right now and the people offering these kinds of services as well as uh, independent uh, contracts that I thought there should be a need to find a niche. And the universe works in mysterious ways or very straightforward ways. And since um, I started off in industrial, uh, most of the clients that I started working afterwards uh, were all industrial. I did have the opportunity to work with startups, for instance, um, artists, a rock band here in Spain, actually, <laughs> and it was all fun. But in time, more industrial companies were knocking at our door and uh, the more personal type of profiles were leaving. And, uh, and now all our clients are industrial or industrially related. So we specialized ourselves, uh, our, our whole team as uh, industrial uh, speaking. <laughs> and, so it's um, mostly... About the experiences? Yeah, continue, continue. I'm sorry. Uh, continue if you want. No, about the experience in the B2B world, it's, um, it's more about branding rather than, uh, you know, it's it's showcasing and, and talking about the, the companies, not only their products and their services, but mostly focusing also on their corporate values. Uh, there's lots of, you know, about people behind the brand. And we're talking about here engineers and to make, you know, like real complex processes. And we translate this complexity into something that it's more for general audiences on social media and so this is our expertise <laughs> so the expertise is let's say i'm an industrial company so let's say i'm a, a steel making company or i'm a company that sells let's say uh certain uh heavy machinery tools as let's say like uh, or 
machine tools like Bosch, as an example. So if I'm a B2B company that offers, let's say, uh, machinery or certain equipments, let's say like Bosch, as an example, that sells tools. So you would create visual arts or marketing mm -hmm. towards those kind of companies to make it for the general public, if I'm correct around this. Yeah, exactly. Because, you know, when I started off with these um, social media project for these, in when I was an in-house at this engineering firm, uh, industrial B2Bs were not actually active on social media. So this was pretty new. And uh, I mean, there were a few that were starting off and this is, was, yes, 2012. Actually, there was no advertisement or anything like that on Facebook or, or Twitter back then. So it was all like organic. And, um, and little by little, you know, uh, of course, more companies saw the value of using social media for their marketing uh, efforts. And um, what, what we do is, as, a, as I explained, to translate a little bit what these companies are doing without being so complex, because it is. And uh, we work for, for, with companies, for instance, that have like machinery, but others only are like engineering processes that are less, you know, like material and more engineering knowledge. And, and, and this is what we do. We create the visuals, as you say. Uh, we also write, right, the, the, the articles for the websites or every piece of content that we share on LinkedIn, for instance. Uh, most of, our, of, of these companies are really see the value on LinkedIn, of course, because it's very professional and there are lots of B2Bs there now. Usually Instagram, Facebook are more the fun part and Twitter is a place to be, but we have different type of strategies for these uh, different um, uh, social platforms and, and how to share this content, right? And Instagram, you have to be very visual. So you also need support from the client. Ideally, they can give you their own content, like photographs of their machinery, uh, of, or of people working or using the machinery or, but it's always a challenge <laughs> because there's always way too many factors included. Uh, ideally, they want to share, for instance, uh, machinery equipment already installed at, at a plant. So they need the permission of the client. So uh, sometimes it's, it, it, it's a process that can be very slow. So when we are facing these um, roadblocks of visual content, then we provide them for, for them, you know, through stock photos or creating visuals or designing, I don't know, infographics or whatever we can, we can think about and be creative enough to, to share that information. But you also do, let's say, uh... I know some digital marketers, they do, let's say, a website for the client. So, for example, some of them mm -hmm. do the website for the client, let's say, like a, a WordPress website they would put with the, all of the content for the for the client to have a front-facing. Since some of those B2B industrial companies, they don't have a website before. Most of it were stuff that they've done before the 2000s. We have some mm -hmm. some local industrial companies that did this. They 
transitioned and they created their own website. There's even companies that we never even know that they have those kind of yes. things. So it's also the same thing as well. Yeah, we also, uh, in our case, we have provided from scratch uh, a website, a WordPress website, for instance, for a, for a client who was just getting started. It was a new company. And, and, and we started from scratch on everything, you know, the, the website, the social media, everything. It's been two years now. Um, this was for a services company, also in this industrial uh, um, realm. Uh, but also we overhaul already existing uh, websites. As you say, we have found ourselves with really static websites from 2000. And we take all these existing content and we move it to a WordPress or a Drupal or Magento. It, it depends on, on, on what the goal of the company is, right? So we work with different type of CMSs and we actually have uh, created our own CMS at some point for, for a specific client that wanted, that needed, required more uh, personalized coding because maybe, you know, WordPress could be limiting to their goals. So uh, we work on a very customized basis for each client because they all have different needs. They all have different type of content. Um, these companies also are what they're considered like medium sized, but they work globally. So they also have different market needs. So we take all this into consideration when when creating these specific projects for them. Okay, I'm going to move to another question, which is you're currently the co-founder of a company called CreaGene. Creagine, yes. <laughs> Creagine. So what I've seen, it's a company aiming towards helping companies on the creativity and idea generation, along with product launches and adapting new ways of working in companies. Would you like to talk about Creagine and what did you and your co-founder decided that it's time to start a company together? It would be like a great shared experience working with a co-founder and the adventures of helping companies as well. Yeah, it was it was really surprising. I met Genevieve. She's my co-founder. She's from Brussels, and she's actually located in in, in Brussels. Um, we met through a client, uh, one of our uh, our agency clients uh, that works with different companies globally in the refractory industry, and she was working in one of these companies, and we both um, met every month through the communication committee. And in 2000, in December 2020, she left the company. She already has plus 25 years of uh, experience in the industrial B2B uh, market. And she has also been geared working in jobs internally as either internal communication, internal marketing, but also uh, uh, external marketing. So she decided she wanted to get uh, started in her entrepreneurial phase and she reached out to me because of course she knew I had these, um, launched this agency. Um, so I thought it was a great idea and very aligned to what we do because in, in briefing we do like the external part, the image, you know, the digital image of the company and creating was the idea of working from the inside. 
like um, bringing all these digital transformation between teams and the way they work. And and here we talk about not only about um, how to work, but also digital tools to implement inside the company. So uh, also in the part of product launches, that is the, the uh, and the, you know, marketing of, of uh, helping all these digital transformation, these companies, we are now working a lot together in, in terms of communication, which is also, this is the part that I manage more. Uh, she's more into the trainings and the workshops and, and I'm more into the design and yeah, and helping them communicate in a, in a more digital way. I don't know how to say it, but yes, it's all digital. <laughs> So, so this is what we're doing now. We launched Jika Creagin in June 2021. It's already one year in in the market, and I can say so far so good. It's a great experience. And imagine we haven't even met face to face because actually we met during the pandemic, the, during the global lockdown. So all our experience and all our work and all our projects have been virtual uh, so far. So. Looking forward to meet it one, hopefully this year before it ends either in Madrid or in Brussels. But um, this is one of the powers of having all this technology at hand that you can actually work. All my clients are also outside of Spain. So I work with clients in, in basically in, all our, in, in Europe, based in Austria, Belgium and, and, and Germany mostly. So let's uh, take this. So for an example, you've never met your co-founder, but you operate virtually with each yeah. other. So mm -hmm. when we say, let's say training, yes. we're saying like a video conferencing training between, let's say my, the company that I have with your co-founder and the visual parts, I would communicate with you virtually as well. Or is, do you like go with the client at like a certain thing and meet with them? Yeah, I mean, we do hybrid right now. So, for instance, um, she's very geared right now into promoting the trainings and she's doing a lot of work on this side as a trainer and teacher locally. And this she does face to face now. I mean, she started off virtually because of yeah of the limitations of, of what COVID presented also in 2021. But uh, but she's now very much into face to face, and um, I still continue uh, working virtually on that side because it's in the design and this. So depending on the location of the client as well. So sometimes if the if, if the client is outside either of our place uh, our, our surroundings, then it, we do this virtually. But if she has the uh, for example. Uh, the option to meet with a client who's there in Brussels, then she would, of course, go face to face. But what we have uh, or I have um, learned throughout all these seven years of working virtually, although I used to travel more a lot before to Germany and yeah, have face to face meetings with my clients, uh, is that people are getting more and more comfortable, you know, working virtually online. It's like... Uh, even in the past, we were not much into the video conferences, and now I'm meeting more and more with my clients via video conference to, you know, to keep more connected. So, actually, after three years of not traveling for work, I went last um, 
to, last week, not the week after, to Dusseldorf for a trade show. So it was it was quite <laughs> it was quite ni- nice to you know to see everyone again face to face. It's it's completely different, but okay, we adapt to everything. So mostly, what Creagene does is like B two B consulting on an internal level with also taking, startups. I mean, we have this. No, we were uh, our, our idea with these programs was to help internally teams in B two B companies. Okay, but um, as I said in the beginning, you know, when you launch a company, although you have this idea, sometimes you have to be open to what re- people reach out for, right? And they completely change sometimes your initial idea. So because they have other needs, right? And just because they know you or they have worked with you in the past that this happens, they reach out to you and say, okay, I have this need. So can you help me? So we adapt to that as well. We're very flexible to say, okay, we don't focus only on selling these training courses because it's not easy. Okay. But we are out there and uh, we are open to doing other type of trainings. So right now the trainings that she's doing are not actually internal um trainings at companies she has done this as well but now it's all from the inside you know like groups or organizations or institutions that that are calling because they have a need to to do this transformation but not in a specific company but you know people that just signed up to these seminars and want to learn how to do this in their own company so um we are open to all that. And this is where I say that also many projects are also now having the need of, of being digital online uh, to have a website, right? Like you said, they didn't have, so now they need a website and they need social media and they, or at least a LinkedIn page. And so this is, we are open to always, how can we help to the point of course, that we can help actually, because it's in, in our, in our business, right? Yeah. Uh, as someone who's worked in the digital marketing as a consultant for a long time, almost like 13 years, you've been working in the business. Uh, if I want to start out as a, in the digital marketing world, what is the expectation working in this field? Uh, what is the pitfalls to prevent since a small mistake in the digital marketing world can hurt your image and the company's image at the same time? Yeah, uh, the digital world is becoming a very complex, especially with all these uh, regulations and and yeah, the GDPR and the privacy issues that that we are constantly facing and uh, copyright issues as well. So, um, I mean, setting up the digital agency per se, because of course, if you need, if you if you know how to you know design and write and This should be the easy part, but I think there are key things that you need to take in consideration. And it's first, um, it's very important to niche nowadays, because as I said, there are so many digital marketing agencies nowadays that it it, it can be difficult to um, like to find uh, your um yeah how can you help a specific challenge for instance or how can you help a specific industry so so my my advice here is that in the even if you don't know in the beginning stages because it's it's normal you're just getting started but to have at least an idea of either your skills your knowledge your 
career background, anything that you can really get identified as helping to solve, that brings a solution to a challenge, for instance. This is what the, the world is geared now, right? Even when you're buying shoes, you are looking for a specific thing, you know, like either if it's comfortable or, or design or if it's a high heel or, you know, tennis shoes, but you're looking for a solution. So this is something that we as, as marketers have to learn how to provide a solution for a, for a client, right? And uh, yes, and in the area of how to behave <laughs> on social media, uh, well, you learn through the process. I've had my, of course, my, my issues in the past, not intended, of course. I try to be as careful as possible, as neutral as possible. And this is something that, uh, that I not only have found in, in our clients, but I also uh, suggest clients, you know, to stay away for cert from certain topics um, and try to be as, you know, focused on, on their own business, their brand, their, their own solutions for the clients and stuff like that in ways of communicating, of course, being very um, empathetic also whenever it's possible because we're talking about, you know, <laughs> raw materials and machinery. So, so there's not an, yeah, empathy in that, but but we try to make the communication as, you know, like empathic and respectful and uh, interesting also for, for the audiences. And, and yes, but, but I mean, in terms of communication, you have to be very careful what you say, even in your personal profiles, because most of the times, for instance, in LinkedIn, I am manager of many pages and they are all connected to my profile. So I have to be very careful also in the way that I personally communicate because any problem I could have with LinkedIn, it could affect uh, all the pages that I manage. So it, it happens as well on Facebook. So yeah, you have to be very mindful of, 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 of not only having knowledge of all these regulations and, and, and yeah, the, the constant change of, algorithms and all that uh so yeah it's a lot of work <laughs> i can say you have to be not only careful with the contents but only with the type of photographs that you use the hashtags that you use so everything counts but sometimes let's say as a digital marketing consultant you might face with a setback that you might have written a well-constructed marketing plan for the client but it doesn't reach out or work out as expected. Uh, certain clients might blame, let's say, the digital marketer, which is yourself, that they didn't reach, even though the expectation of hiring the marketer is to get revenue uh, from a certain thing or to reach to more clients mm -hmm. at a certain level. So if, let's say, I'm a B2B business and I'm selling this tool, uh, if let's say you got a digital marketer, the idea of a digital marketer is to help sell this tool, but if it didn't sell as expected, they might blame the digital marketer because she didn't reach out for the right people to buy this certain tool. If you faced with this kind of situation, or if there's any steps that the client would get like a certain level of trust and security when working with a digital marketer, especially when let's say you've worked on something that didn't perform as expected as well. 
Um, this is a very important point because I think here the key is communication and transparency. I never, never promise clients that they would reach something that I'm not really sure that they're going to reach because uh, there are so many factors that could, uh, you know, bring the, the, the expected outcomes and many others that will delay or, or block, right, to get these outcomes. So, uh, I know, and um, I'm going to be very general here, but there are lots of, you know, uh, social media or digital marketing gurus that are making promises, right? And people are hearing these every day, like how to get 1 million followers in one month on Instagram or do this or five tricks to do that or five things you need to do to, you know, sell, skyrocket yourself. And these doesn't work for everyone. Every single profile is unique. Every product, uh, the way in which you want to sell, in which you communicate. So whenever we work through strategies, as you say, or a planning or launching a campaign, even if it's a pay campaign, right? We usually work organically. Uh, actually, these, the industrial market is very at least the, the, the companies that I work with, they value their work offline, right? Because they we're talking companies that probably were open in, in the early 1900s. So we're talking about centuries, right? Of, of engineering, of, you know, having a very strong background. And, and one of the, the, one of the challenges, for instance, when selling social media and digital marketing packages to these type of companies is, what are we getting out of it, right? Like, are we going to sell more uh, and this and that? There's lots of questions. So what I try to always explain is how social media works, okay? So, uh, yeah, you can, you know, you can choose the countries, even if you, you put these marketing ads, wherever, Google, LinkedIn, Facebook, wherever you, you, you choose to, you can, you know, have the perfect target, you can have the right visuals, you can have the text immaculate, and probably, yeah, lots of people visit, but either they don't buy or they don't sign up to this event or they don't, any action that they were looking forward to, right? So it depends on so many factors and it's not only on marketing, it could also be the product, right? I, I have work with startups in the past and when you launch this very new and very groundbreaking technology or idea or design and you expect that this would change you know the, the the world and people are going to start buying immediately but this doesn't work like this way sometimes the market is not ready uh so there's always a challenge and i always uh for instance with advertising i always suggest my clients to run some, you know, tests before getting all in in an advertising or investing too much money in just one thing, you know, it's like, let's let's do a test advertisement for a few days and see how it works. Uh, but yes, I mean, I haven't had the experience so far of being blamed for something that didn't work. But I think it's because I have been clear since the beginning of the expectations. You know, and, and I always keep them informed of how something is going. And uh, 
sometimes you also need help from the, 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 the client itself. So this is like a group effort, you know, they don't, they don't expect you to do wonders, right. From, from something that they just launched and, 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 and yeah, I mean, they, they, they are step, I mean, we're together working on this. So, but yes, I know this could happen and <laughs> this happens a lot. It's a, it's a long process that you're trying to say. Yes, it's not. It, it, sometimes, you know, it, it, something becomes viral and you don't even know why, you know. And, and, and one of the things that I, that I always uh, transmit to my clients is that virality happens one day and then people forget about that viral video or that viral news, right? Because another news is coming up tomorrow and everybody forgets. It's like this. Uh, this is how social media works. You have so much information every day that that it disappears, right? And then something new is coming up. So what I always uh, like to, yeah, to, to uh, or the advice I always give is the only way to achieve anything, even if, that a campaign could work in the future, is to have a steady flow of communication from the company. Slow and steady, you know, this is an every day, every week, every month, every year work. It's years in the process sometimes, you know, so they don't expect their communities to skyrocket and have one million followers in one month. It's it's crazy. You know, you have to buy this <laughs> if you want to get this, unless you're a celebrity, right? But in this kind of, uh, of markets, it's, it's slow and steady. But you need to do the commitment. And this is, this is, I mean, my, I have been working with clients already for the seven years that we have been in the company, you know, so they know the, the, the value that we give in the, in the, in the, in being there constant every day, reminding people, Hey, we do this engineering. We, we, we change things this way. So, so yeah. And, and when you have these maintenance uh, content, that's how we call it, you know, the everyday content. Whenever something new comes in, it always um, works a lot better. You know, it, it has a lot of views or it has a lot of likes and clicks and comments. So I think this is the way to launch a campaign in the future. You first have to have a solid base and then you can do so many things with it. Yeah, I realized behind the viral part that you tried to say about um, you get viral for like one day. Most of actually the people who do the marketing to get viral and they have millions of followers, they do kind of content that is not, let's say, work-wise. It's more for entertainment at a certain level. So I start mm -hmm. to realize that people, when they do, let's say, a business or uh, a startup or let's say this podcast as myself, it takes time to people actually get interested in the thing and to see it versus, let's say, an actor trying to be funny on the internet. While the numbers for the actor appears much more and the views are much more, the type of content that he provides is for entertainment purposes only, not for business-wise. Exactly. Most of, the, most of the businesses from those actors, if you see, let's say, for example, of an actor or a comedian or any certain celebrity that starts a business, most of the time, the businesses, followers, and the view counts and all of that are drastically way much lower than the, their account because people usually don't care about the product much more than the person for entertainment purposes. Exactly. 
I mean, I think uh, when you build, and, and I talk about build because this is constructing a profile and it, creating a profile is really easy, right? You take five minutes uh, putting a photo, banner, and some about uh, information. But what really works here is the construction. It's uh, being committed to communicate at some, either your product, yourself, your service, whatever you want to communicate, people tend to expect to see you there like not every day, but at least every week. And this is something that because sometimes companies set up profiles and they post one time and they don't post again, you know, like until two months later. And then they ask, but why don't we have, uh, you know, followers or likes or whatever is because you don't post. I mean, you, if you have profiles that they have no activity, no movement, no story to tell, no information, people don't go there, right? People are looking for experience. They're looking for information. They don't go there, right? It's like you don't go shopping for shoes in a store that doesn't have shoes. <laughs> that only has like, yeah, we, we sell shoes, but we don't have shoes right now. So this is something that I always, it's too much, right? People are consuming too much. Uh, social media is too demanding of, of being there and they don't know how to do it sometimes and, and they don't have the time to do it. And this is where we come in. We, we help them. This is our solution, right? We, we said, don't worry. Oh, but we don't have content to share. You do have, if you have a website and if you have a company, if you have products and services, there's content. So this is what we help them with. Figure out what, how, where, when, because everything is important. It's not only having the content, but is it better for Instagram or better for LinkedIn? At what time do you need to post? Which days are better, you know, that people are really active? So you have to take all these variables to, to make the content work on social media. 